0: Welcome into a crossover edition of the OBR film Breakdown, hosted by the great Jake Burns and All Eyes on Cleveland, hosted by myself, Brad Ward. It's a Blue Wire podcast joint collaboration on day one of training camp for the Cleveland Browns. How are we doing, Jake? Brad, I'm great, man. I'm great. Kickoff of football season, really. It
1: is uh non-stop every day now until what february so yeah let's uh let's let's get after it i know the information's still relatively limited and all of that we're still weeks away from preseason games and stuff but football feels very tangible now it's football season right so it's fun
0: it does you know uh sun's the big gray cloud above everything right now eventually that will clear We'll have some clarity and we can move forward. But for right now, there's still some, obviously, wait and see uh, with Sue Robinson. Don't need to dive into all that today. That's not what today's about, right? Today's about football back. It rained. They moved inside. This is part of the ramp up period, Jake, uh, you know, that they negotiated a couple years ago. So not much going on. Walkthroughs, conditioning, uh, pup list, David Bell. Denzel Ward, Jack Conklin, uh, non-football injury list, Anthony Walker, Sheldon Day. Uh, Bo was a couple weeks ago that was reported. I guess that happened at the end of minicamp. Uh, Ward happened at the end of minicamp. And Conklin is still recovering from a patellar tendon uh, injury. Now, Stefanski spoke today, uh, and he highlighted Jack Conklin, saying that he basically made a joke about him having a cot there or something. Uh, saying that he'd been there all off season doing great work. Uh, where are you at with Conklin and your confidence in him coming back from this injury? Do you feel okay with the guys behind him? Yeah, I think
1: uh, I'll illustrate this a little bit uh, here, you know, a couple different players, but you know, Conklin reminds me of, of uh, in a sense, he reminds me of JC Treder where like, I don't really need Conklin to be practicing every day. I don't care when he starts practicing. Like, It's not a big concern to me. He is – we know who he is. Put it that way. We know who Jack Conklin is. He's an all-pro level player when he's playing. Like, I am not concerned about that. I'm just worried about him and many other uh, guys too. Like, the the, the focus for me, and this is just me, I know everybody else has their own prerogative with these things, to which I totally respect. Just get to week one. I mean, like, that's the most important thing. You can have the best camp in the world, but if you don't make it to week one, it doesn't really matter. You know, so – Um, get to week one and then and then you go from there it's a long season this this is like i call this part right here this is the jog this is the jog before you even start the exercise the grueling stuff is you know that's that's yet to come that that is the season the season is now 18 weeks and it it, there's just so much man so the training camp especially the beginning portions they just don't matter much to me so yeah i mean conklin missing time They said today it sounds like he'll be back within the next few weeks. Or, I mean, Stefanski, I think, said by the end of training camp, perfectly fine. I think he should have the Treader, like I said earlier, the Treader uh, easy practice week schedule because it gives him a chance to just be active on Sundays and a part of things. And that's what they need more than anything else from him is availability. You know, Uh, if people forget not just a grueling season for him with, with the patella injury, but He had come back from that dislocated elbow before the Patel injury. He had just gotten back from that dislocated elbow before he, which is again, a grueling injury uh, before he went on the uh, IR for the Patel attendant. So a lot, a lot there, right? Like a lot for him. So I just want him to be ready. Just want him to feel good by the time the season gets around. I'm sure that's what the Browns goal is. And it does not hurt to get Chris Hubbard reps, working himself back from two short seasons where he was hurt two years in a row getting him work to to keep him, you know, fresh, motivated, whatever. And then to me, like, hey, I need Hudson to continue to get reps. I, I believe in him as a player, and I, I think it's a good thing for him to continue to get reps because he needs them uh, to, to be a, a contributing part of this whole thing. So, um, yeah, totally fine with Conklin missing time. It's not going to make me concerned for the season or anything, Brad.
0: Okay, good to hear sounds sounds good to me um Stefanski you know first question out of the gate uh as he kind of addressed Watson uh himself actually uh before they could ask him about it which is smart um but he uh you know got asked about the quarterback reps and that was going to be one of the things I think that was gonna be a big question today right you know right and it was the first question um I actually had a show last night with Chris Easterling of Akron Beacon Journal, and we said that was the odds-on favorite to be the first question, uh, uh, and it was. so. um, And he said, basically, his quote was, uh, Jake, uh, a ton of reps for both. He would not give a percentage, he wouldn't say 50-50, but it kind of sounded that way, did it not?
1: Yeah, it did, and I think that's the right way to go about it, is to split them up until you have a direction. If He's if he were to not be suspended, then Watson will get a significant amount of the opportunities. And if he is suspended, Brissette will get more. Right. Like, yeah, it's just just play it as you go type of thing to me where it doesn't have to be something they stress about until they need to stress about it. Fifty fifty until you get a clear direction. Once you get that clear direction, you can adjust course from there. And uh, I'm sure they'll have two contingency plans in place here for for that exact um that exact situation, Brad. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's fairly obvious just, you know, if he gets an eight game suspension where that will move the snap count reps. And then, obviously, if he if he were to not be suspended or be minimally suspended, then they'll go in the uh, the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they have a plan in place for both of those, as you said, uh, surely. Uh, OK. Um, Rosen. Uh, he mentioned we'll compete with Josh Dobbs for the third quarterback position. He did make reference to Stefanski I'm talking about in his presser today that Josh Dobbs had a leg up on him, obviously from being in camp so far, um, and talked about how hard that, uh, Dobbs worked, uh, do, thoughts on that competition at all? Any, uh, I mean... I mean, it's kind of weird, right? Because they gave Dobbs a, a reasonable contract to come in, and then they bring Rosen in. Do you do you think they want one of them to to win more than the other, Jake? I think Rosen's a camp arm, and it was pretty much illustrated today, where he okay. pretty much
1: was uh, praiseworthy of Dobbs, and for Rosen, it was just you know we we, we like the situation for him and the opportunity to work with him, but yeah, it's just, he's a camp arm. And I think that he has a chance to make the practice squad if the suspension is, is lengthy, but yeah, I, I, I just don't see it uh, being very much of a long-term thing here unless he, again, unless he comes out in camp and kills it, but it, it was pretty obvious to me that there's not much invested there.
0: Very good. Uh, that's about it from the Stefanski presser. Um, you know, really not a lot to take from there. He did his usual Stefanski, uh, not saying much at all, which is good. I, I like that. You know, that, that I've always said that that's uh, the way to go as a coach and a GM. But uh, you did mention to me, um, and it's something that we've talked about that kind of was noticed in uh, minicamp, uh, in OTAs. Brown's using two backs in the backfield more. I know it's just walkthroughs today and stuff like that, but that brings some interesting stuff to the table, right, Jake? It
1: definitely means that they're less hell on using the fullback. Like it kind of doesn't bode well for Johnny Stanton, right? Like, okay, if they're going to use uh, not just I'm talking not just split back gun stuff, but I'm talking like, you know, they're using Kareem as an offset back. Uh, they motioned him in the backfield, so like, there's a clear intention to use him in those situations, Uh, I mean, they wouldn't be practicing it otherwise. So yeah, I think that that's pretty much going to be the end of the fullback for me that that, that I I just have a hard time envisioning them using a fullback. If they're going to, I think they can get by with Kareem in the backfield when those five, seven, nine snaps a game sometimes and use Harrison Bryant, who they did in certain situations last year. So I see no reason for them to, um, go crazy with that that th- having that roster spot used by a fullback in my opinion at least
0: yeah and that's really interesting because I kind of was saying you know if Brissette gets heavy and you know we talked about the third tight end spot being kind of maybe a potential pivot point down the line with Miller Fornstall but even a fourth tight end is Stanton got reps there in in, in many camp so um and actually played well. I think it was last year. It was the last year in in uh, in at tight end in the preseason, right? He made a couple catches. Yeah. So, is that I mean that like kind of flex position or whatever they were going to use him for? Maybe sometimes uh, a uh, fullback, sometimes a tight end. Uh, you think that that uh, hurts his chances because fullback probably no fullback on this team, right? Yeah, I just I don't.
1: I don't envision that like a fullback being a necessary roster spot, especially considering how many running backs they have and um, Felton to kind of figure out in that mix too. So I just think that they, and I went over this with Jared Mueller was we kind of looked at the 53 ahead of everything here, which is they only kept three tight ends last year to start the season. I know that fluctuated as the season wore on, but they only kept initially those three. So, you know, you kept five running backs last year. If you include, you know, Ford and Felton now as your fourth and fifth running backs, air quotes there a little bit, then it starts. You can see where it starts to get a little dicey. So, um, I, I just don't think they need to go crazy with a fourth fullback or, sorry, a, a fourth tight end or a fullback. I think they can make it work with Kareem and Bryant, and then uh, they can they can use three tight ends. And the, and again, I think they have to figure out who that third tight end is still we'll elaborate on that a little bit. I kind of think there's potential that that player's not on the roster still, but yes. yeah, I th- I think that um those are the ways I'm leaning with fullback and stuff. And anytime you see a running back doing that stuff, a traditional back, then it's like, okay, they're probably looking at ways to find that answer without that player
0: being on the roster. Cause you know, with 53, it gets tight. So it does. And uh, that's actually going to bring me to one of our, uh, I put out uh, a tweet today here, Jake, for our, uh, crossover show for anybody that wanted to throw out a few questions here after day one. But one of the questions was, what you know, what is the, uh, how do you think the running back room shakes out? Um, and I wanted to elaborate on that question. Uh, you know, Seattle loses Chris Carson to retirement. Uh, the Browns are kind of loaded there, not even including Demetric Felton. They have four guys that are solid, it would seem. Uh, and you're talking about now, you know, eliminating, potentially eliminating the fullback position is, OK, A, would they keep all four of them? I tend to think, yes. B, is it possible they trade one of them?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it remains possible. I've talked about it kind of all offseason that, that, that they, they have tiered guys. It's the way they can create draft picks they've lost. And one of those tiered guys is Hunt, who can get you a little higher draft pick than Uh, Dearness Johnson and I think that there won't be a hesitation that if they can give Dearness Johnson a chance to go somewhere and find work and it meshes with a draft pick for them they'll probably do it they they, then they still have three running backs and four including Felton that they still like so I just I think it's the best outcome for everybody I don't know if Seattle will ultimately be that team but it does make some sense to me that a team will get desperate and needy and Maybe we'll give up a fifth, sixth, or seventh to, to make that happen. So I think the Browns would be interested in that for sure.
0: Yeah, because uh, this is the this is probably his last year in Cleveland, right, you would think, mm-hmm. Darius Johnson?
1: I mean, yeah, he's got a one-year deal, and Nick's going to be here next year. I mean, I guess it's not a lock. They could keep him around for cheaper than they can keep Kareem. So it's not a lock that they would – move on i guess if they kept him and liked him and the deal was better for them as his as he with him as the backup it could make some sense but i have a hard time thinking a team will either a come get him or he'll find just a better opportunity in general um so yeah i
0: think the odds are that this is his last year interesting uh yeah interesting stuff there in seattle and i'm sure that You know, as it is every year, Jake, uh, with NFL training camps, these situations arise all over the place. So, you know, this isn't going to be the only situation like that where a team is going to be suddenly looking for a player. So um, always uh, interesting to see how those situations develop. Let's take a quick break here uh, and we'll come right back. And I have an interesting question I want to ask you. Uh, You're listening to a crossover edition of the OBR film breakdown with the great Jake Burns and all eyes on Cleveland, uh, with me, myself, Brad Ward. We'll be right back.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
0: And we're back with the Blue Wire podcast joint collaboration between All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Breakdown with Jake Burns. I'm Brad Ward. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. the Cade York, you know, certainly has a lot to prove, rookie kicker and all that, but more about fourth downs, Right. The Browns have been on the front line kind of decision-making on fourth down. Stefanski going for it a lot, uh, you know, following what the numbers say, the analytics say. Um, it appeared that, you know, those analytics drove a lot of his fourth down decisions last year, Jake. Uh, does Cade York change that? I mean it's hard to kind of determine whether he was doing that because he didn't have faith in a kicker sometimes, or it's because of what the number said, said, you know, because there were times that I think, and it's kind of revisionist as it always is often with kickers, but there were times where I think it hurt them not taking the three. It could, uh, I have a hard
1: time thinking it depends on the range, right? Like, yeah. I think Cade's a better deep kicker as we know, but I mean, do they, I think he'll still really be guided by numbers, Brad, which might not be what some people want to hear, but I do think he'll be guided by what the the contingency says, but if they need it, or if he feels compelled, like we really need to get points on the board here. I think there's definitely more trust in the longer leg, uh, giving them opportunities to get it uh, from, from distance, at least in my opinion, I think that can be a more prevalent thing for them. So, I don't know that it changes everything, but in certain situations it might just, you know, Hey, we, we have a kicker that can make this, you know, we can, we can get three up on the board here. No problem. And that Matt, that can matter, right. You know, it can matter in certain situations, but I think by nature, they're going to try to be aggressive. And once they get Watson back and they feel like they have a quarterback who's going to be better at picking up those short yardage situations because he's more athletic then even more. So in my opinion, so I would, uh, uh, I would, again, I would get comfortable with the idea that they're going to be an aggressive fourth down team. I think that that's going to hold true. And hopefully, you know, we don't complain about fourth downs if they get them. So that's that's the big thing. They need to just be better at them. And they'll have a, a really nice chance to reverse the narrative on that a little bit, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think a little bit, put it that way, a little bit of a tweak, but not, not a, I think they're still going to be pretty aggressive.
0: Yeah, you know, Jake, I am of the belief, and and I get it, right? Like, I get the numbers, say that and stuff, but I I kind of land somewhere in the middle here where there has to be, like, okay, you, you have to be aware of the figures, but you also have to, as a coach, have a feel for the game at the same time and know when to not go with the numbers, despite what they say, because of feel or whatever. And I know, like, true analytics... Uh, truthers are gonna hate me saying that, but that's just kind of way I feel about it, Jake. Am I, am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, it's a think? difference
1: of it's, it's just a difference of opinion. I, I don't I don't think anybody's more wrong. I mean, the data tells you that hey, you're gonna pick this thing up this amount of times, and if it goes poorly, there's a whole bunch of I told you so. If you run a kicker out there and he misses a 48 yarder, then you know I'd rather just have gone for it. I I don't know. I don't think anybody's wrong on it. I, I mean. I get where everyone's coming from. I, I'm just a more aggressive person by nature, so it didn't bother me. But if it bothers people who wanted to get points on the board too, you know, I don't. If it's a 30 or 20 yard kick, yeah, you know, I can I can understand it's a little more sure thing. Percentages are higher, but some of those were like mid 40s and 50 yarders. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't mind going for it. If you, I just think that you needed better execution, and I think they have a chance to have much better execution this year from a short yardage perspective with a more athletic quarterback in Watson. So I think that will help uh, shift that narrative there just, just a little bit.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I'm not against being aggressive. I just want to, you know, I just don't think that, I guess I, I land somewhere in that. I don't think you always have to follow what the numbers say. Like there should be some, there are coaches on staff,
1: Brad, that are like you who say that there's always, voices in the the opinion of this thing that, that are telling you what to do and um no nobody's more right than the other I don't think sometimes it is a feel thing sometimes it is you have to know your team and we are not good at this situation and we haven't been able to pick up a first down here and this well, why are we going for you know there's some of that stuff some of that inward uh analysis needs to happen right so yeah yeah or, for sure. or the
0: way that a field goal changes the way that a game plays out after the field goal you know what I mean uh sure. can oftentimes change the the entire way a game plays out completely and, and then you end up losing I mean how many times have we seen teams not take a field goal and then up, end up losing by two or whatever and I know that that that's not fair because it does change the way that the game is played but it also would change the game that the way it's played if you made it too so um you know it's just interesting to think about it and uh um, I just didn't know if you thought that Cade York would make this decent difference, but maybe, maybe like the fifty yard range, right? Maybe you know, on fourth and long or something, uh, you'll maybe see him them give him more shots there. You would like to think so, right? That's the whole reason. That yeah,
1: you he's know. got a better leg, so the, a yeah. the little bit of the discussion of we don't have a guy who we trust to make that anyway goes out the window. So yeah, yeah. It, it it definitely can can alter your thought process there. If you have more trust in your kicker, you're probably more inclined to be like, okay, I know we're getting three points instead of, well, maybe. What are the odds he makes it, right? Well, the odds he makes this, he's a 67% kicker in this situation. What's our go for it percentage on this? Well, it's 59 point. You can see why you'd lean that direction. Well, I'd rather just go for it, right? So there's a little bit of that going on. A better kicker is going to alter that, no doubt.
0: Interesting uh interesting topic to keep an eye on don't you think uh as we proceed there at least i I, I
1: mean those decisions are directly on a head coach uh, to go for it or not and you know the 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 result of the fourth down is debatable right some somebody's (laughs) execution isn't good or whatever you know you can you can talk about many different uh different things with that but the decision to go for it or not go for it is on the head coach so Uh, that that we'll see how that pans out for Kevin this year, because he took a lot of heat on that last year, for sure.
0: Yeah. um, Got a question in the mailbag here about the wide receiver room, not our standard question, but more of, uh, Jake, if you had to, you know, handicap this thing for a favorite in the clubhouse of any of these back-end guys is kind of the question here. Uh, You know, Michael Woods, the second jamarcus bradley mike uh, harley jr uh Travel harris isaiah weston who is you know the guy that we've talked about very popular javon Wims, who's on the nfi right now but of all those guys do you have a favorite you think or somebody that you think is the odds-on favorite to to maybe make this team out of all those guys uh i
1: would say woods i just think that if you're looking at the back
0: end of this thing
1: like woods is a draft pick and we know how much they like their draft picks so i would lean that he is a guy that they're going to give every chance to make the roster so um that's my general thought is woods will get every opportunity weston has the athleticism no doubt about that but um yeah i I just think that woods will get a a whole bunch of opportunity here uh, especially given the you know, being a draft pick and they haven't cut any draft picks, so on and so forth. And two, like I, they kept five wide receivers last year. I'm not sure if they keep six and how they, if they do keep six, how they get to six will be fascinating to me because uh, they, like they, like I said, they only kept five, they kept 10 offensive linemen last year. They only kept three tight ends as well. So it just becomes like a numbers thing. I, I mean, I'm not sure what they move around to get to six, but I don't know, Brad, it's going to be interesting to see how they operate, navigate the back half of whether they keep 10 offensive linemen or six tight ends or sorry, geez, three tight ends, (laughs) 10 offensive linemen, five receivers, like how they play that numbers game is going to be interesting to see who they value into the future.
0: It will be certainly, uh, you know, and once again, as you mentioned before, about uh tight end uh, you know the the last wide receiver on this roster if they do keep six may not even be in camp right now potentially yeah um,
1: yeah I, so. th- I think they're going to keep three tight ends but and, and they'll make an adjustment there but like do they take one offensive lineman away because the practice squad rules allow a guy to go up and down and then they yeah. can keep a sixth receiver because if you, you they're looking at five running backs right now so yeah you know that's not different from last year where they kept four backs and a fullback so i don't know man it's just going to be it's, it, we're going to get a, a large indication of how they value certain long-term plays on their roster right now. So that'll be very interesting to track.
0: Yeah, definitely something to watch uh, closely. Um, as we continue here, I got another question here, and then we'll kind of wind things down as this is a, uh, uh, your weekly crossover edition of the OBR film breakdown with Jake Brinson, all eyes on Cleveland with myself, Brad Ward um the question in here about the cornerback room um you know we have of course uh denzel out you know nothing serious but out right now on the pup list um the question is what does the final cornerback room look like how many do they keep uh there's and and then the actual question said greedy question mark jolly Question mark Who is a guy that you've talked about and AJ Green? Question mark um, I think it was of note that AJ Green was the third cornerback on the field when they did kick Newsom inside here uh, today in walkthroughs. I think that was reported, so uh, something to keep an eye on as well. With thoughts on the white on the cornerback uh, room, AJ Green, Jolly, Greedy, where does he fit in, and how many do they keep? I mean, generally, it's it's six, right? Usually. Yeah, I think six would be the number for me.
1: I'm not sure. Boy, am I not sure. Like, I think Jolly's interesting because he's one of the few guys they have that has special teams. Um, and and uh, I shouldn't say special teams. Uh, they have a lot of guys with special teams ability. But this nickel situation where they really only have Newsom yeah. uh, willing to play nickel. So um, I'm just sort of curious if Jolly's ability to do that, which he had, some excellent experience you you doing it at app state. He had a really good season where he was, I believe the highest graded uh, slot corner one year in the country at at app state. So I think he's got the ability to do it. Uh, It just will be sort of fascinating to see if the Browns find that ability in him early and then they end up making him a part of their roster. But yeah, six makes sense. Um, And, and jolly to me would be that sort of end of the, into the roster guy to make it with some upside, maybe like a Brian body Calhoun type of upside situation there.
0: When you look at this uh, corner room and as of right now, it appears the plan is for Newsom to kick inside, right? Uh, when they go into nickel, which I'm not the hugest fan of, but that's okay. Uh, what is that? You think that's greedy spot to lose the, the, the first He's got competition. It's a good question, Brad. It's got—I mean, AJ
1: Green, Greedy, and Emerson are all going to compete for it. I know Albert Breer talked about today that they have really, really enjoyed what they've seen from him and Emerson. That is, and it's like, okay, well, then the competition for that position is is uh, is thick, right? I I think there's a lot of guys vying for those opportunities. So, yeah, they have three players there that you know you're talking about here who uh, have a real chance to earn earn some time there. So that that will be. That will be one of the more interesting things to follow along with, in my opinion, is who is able to anchor that uh, opposite outside in nickel and dime packages, who can handle
0: those snaps. Yeah, it definitely should be interesting. Good competition there. Um, You had mentioned, reminded me with that comment of Albert Breer, uh, uh, about his post today about the Browns, right? Yeah. do you want to run through these real quick, and then we'll get out of here? Yeah,
1: yeah. Go ahead and hit us with them.
0: Uh, number one, Cleveland is really excited about off-season safety. Grant Delpit. Now we've talked about this. Um, you know, combination combination of his health issues, and uh, you know, coming back from that, and his very strong finish to two thousand twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect big things from him, right? We should. There's no reason not to in my opinion. He's got every bit of the ability to get it
1: done and it's just about putting it together now, right? Like I I think that uh it'll be really fun to watch Grant get his opportunity, fully healthy, fully recovered and there's no to me the expectation should be he's going to be a nice player for them. And if he's not, then that's that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, I I I think he's going to be fantastic this year. At least I hope so. You know, if he can just continue to build on what we saw at the end of the last year, he should make a big difference on this defense.
1: Yeah, they uh, need a, they sure. need a second safety. They need a young safety yeah. who can be that guy next to John Johnson and take over when John's contract ends and all of that. So yeah. it'd be great outcome if he can become the guy that they when they picked him they thought he was going to be, uh, sort of the impact that Winfield has made in Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, when he's playing, you know, free safety, it kind of lets John Johnson be the player that he he really... He's a better player uh, when when Delpit takes that position, right? You know, it allows John Johnson to be John Johnson with his creativity and whatnot. Uh, So I think that's a big aspect of that as well. Um, On offense, this is from Albert Breer, number two, Donovan Peoples-Jones may not be a star, but has continuously uh, showed steady improvement. Uh, showed up in great shape, looks like a solid compliment to Amari Cooper. Just as important, he has quickly earned the trust of Watson. And there's some thought that Watson, whenever he's available, could wind up elevating people's Jones game because of it.
1: Yeah, seems like the the thing that we've heard about uh, heard about Donovan for a while now is that everybody and everybody enjoys him, and he's caught on quick with Watson and. It'll be interesting again, a guy who led the league in explosive play rate last year. Can he keep building on it with more opportunity and become a thousand yard receiver? That's what we're all waiting for to see if he really can become a dude like that to that level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I know that his advanced analytics were terrific last year for me. uh, He's still unproven. But certainly the arrow is pointing up, and I expect big things from him. I, I really do. I, I, I hope he can fill that wide receiver two role, because if not, you know, as, as I've voiced to you, and, and many people now are probably tired of me saying it, that uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this wide receiver room just being thin and inexperienced. So him stepping up is, a, is one huge step in the right direction you're
1: not alone in that feeling. I'll say that much. A lot of people are concerned. The Browns are less concerned than the public is. We'll see if they were right or wrong at the end. We can scrutinize them or praise them by the end of this whole thing. But yeah, they need uh, Donovan to continue to build. They need uh, bell to continue uh, to not continue. He has to really establish himself, obviously, but they need him to be a player right away. And
0: Anthony Schwartz to find his legs too. Yes, they do. They need all of that to happen for sure. Um, number three, the Browns are looking at the slot position on offense. create creatively creative English, English Brad Engri- English. <laughs> They're gonna do it uh, with creativity. Uh, and uh, that means different types of guys are likely to work inside uh, Jake, namely second year hybrid. Demetrik Demetric Felton rookie receiver David Bell and tight end Harrison Bryant Bryant in particular is one to keep an eye on so not so much your standard you know slot offensive weapon uh, although they didn't uh, mention Grant here but I think he'll be a part of that too
1: no doubt Grant will, will definitely be a part of that so um, good notes from Brewer there. I think a lot of uh, that is probably fed to him. Uh, people's beliefs in the organization are giving sure. that to him. So there's always a merit to uh, what he's saying there, as far as less observation from him and more um, inside of Berea, the, the 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 sort of feel of what people think is uh, about the about the roster. So always good little nuggets uh, because those aren't agent driven. Those are usually driven from somebody that he's having a conversation with in yeah. the building, in, like in Berea.
0: Yeah, uh, good stuff here. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, brought this to my attention here. Number four, Nickel Corner is a spot. We already talked about this a little bit. We'll hit it real quick, though. Nickel Corner is a spot Cleveland is going to have to sort out over the next six weeks with Troy Hill gone. My sense is the Browns will give different guys shots inside with the 2021 first-rounder Greg Newsom a solid candidate to play there in sub packages. And Denzel Ward also having the ability to line up in there if needed.
1: Yeah, they'll get They're going to have to get creative about it unless somebody steps into that and just owns it, which again, that could be something that Greg owns, but I'm just like, eh, we'll see if that is, is going to be something that he's as crazy about uh, upon application, full-time application as he sounds in the sound bites. But yeah, man, um, just, just gonna have to get by with the rotation. I know that in, in Wood's scheme, Denzel has not really gone inside uh, as much as he did for Greg Williams, and and uh, I, I don't, I don't envision him doing a ton of that. But he, he could. But I don't envision a ton of it. But I think they're gonna committee this thing and give guys like Emerson a chance. And we'll, we'll
0: another thing to follow closely, Brad. Put it that way. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, you know. Not a huge fan of Newsom having them doing that with Newsom, but I understand, you know, moving Troy Hill. They're kind of forced to. There's really nobody else until they brought Jolly on here, and and I don't know if they intend to move MJ Emerson in there at some point or give him a shot in there. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it can't be. I know he's, like you said, his soundbites sound great, right, Newsom? You know, I love playing. I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, when it comes to payday time, though, he's not going to like what a slot corner makes versus an outside corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to know, like, does his agent know what he's yeah, talking about seriously. here? Because it's... um, it's it's interesting. I found that whole quote yeah. series of quotes there to be a little interesting from him because, yeah, maybe that shifts over time, but for now, slot corners don't get paid, man. They just don't get paid very well, handsomely, as much as outside guys do. But again, if he... Uh, is is dominant inside and outside then that might change the conversation point a little there
0: sure um makes a lot of sense number five last one here uh and right on topic there is uh it brings up third rounder mj emerson um and that he the fact that he stood out jake the coaches really like his length and mentality uh he could challenge greedy williams for playing time on the outside bell mike woods and the defensive linemen have been intriguing too um, but the most important one might be kicker Cade York out of LSU. York has a really good first run and had a really good first run in the spring and uh Cleveland Brass has its fingers crossed. That hole on the roster has now been taken care of.
1: Needed to be. They don't have a kicker on the practice squad, so there's a ton of faith in him. So uh the indication is that they really like what they've seen and they're ready to ride with him. Uh
0: good stuff from Albert Breer. You got I mean you gotta if you're gonna win in the nfl unfortunately in the way that offenses and games are come down to you know 20 seconds left on the clock that's enough to get you into field goal range with a good quarterback you've got to have a kicker that's clutch and can make long field goals to to win to in and to win uh enough to get in the playoffs you just have to have somebody that can do that or else you're not going to win enough close games jake
1: yeah he's the it's it's listen, they invested in it and he's talented. I'm glad that they realized that they needed to invest in it. I'm glad they went after a very talented player. And I've said it once I've said it a thousand times. I need there to be some patience, like give this guy a chance to, to figure it out and trust the talent. And, um, you know, you can't go sub 50% or something stupid, but I do hope that, that, that there's a nice mesh point here of his talent and, some patience and some good outcomes in the first year, because I think over time, he's going to be a really nice player.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. The pedigree is certainly there. Right. And, uh, uh, it sounds like the mental aspect is there too. So, and and the leg. So I, I like it. Uh, I liked it when they took him. I know you did too. So, uh, let's hope that that solves all those problems. As Albert said, good stuff here tonight, Jake, any parting uh, thoughts, things you want to hit on before we get out of here on this crossover, uh crossover Wednesday evening.
1: No, I don't think there's anything else to really hit on, man. I think we covered all of the insights and action from the first day as they were available and we'll continue to try to gather data. I know Bradwell and his show and, and, and me on mine. I will continue to try to gather as much insights I can find as many videos with, thoughts on those, those videos is, uh, is available and we'll continue to bring you some camp coverage that you can come to every morning and figure out what happened the day before. So, yeah.
0: Well said, uh, and great job as always, uh, Jake, you can listen to Jake Burns on the OBR film breakdown. Uh, you can read him at the OBR. You can watch his videos on Twitch with the OBR. Uh, make sure you do all of those things. Uh, and, uh, I'm sure you already do. Because I do. Uh, I am Brad Ward, the host of All Eyes on Cleveland. I write at the BrownsWire.com for Jake Burns. I am Brad Ward with day one of the Browns Training Camp 2022 in the books. We are out.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?